Welcome back. It is August. Welcome back to 614 Headsets. We are in the thick of it, boys, right now. Everybody at this point in time has had their first scrimmage. We're getting God, ready I thought to try. You were to come on here tonight with a sling on or something. Got beat up a little bit in the first yeah. scrimmage, first week of hitting. Who? You used to in high school, you said. Stop it. That's All it. right. Once again, welcome back, everybody. We're trying to throw a lot of shade here, I guess, because it's been a long time since we've all <laughs> seen each other. we got to get our digs in, all right? Hey, Tom Brady said it best. Football is unconditional love, and we can agree more. This game's a lifestyle. We consider ourselves a movement lifestyle. We're three coaches from the 614 Columbus, Ohio area that just eat, sleep, and live this game. A lot of us, I'm, like I said, I'm about five, six hours in today trying to get ready after scrimmage one into getting ready for scrimmage two before our two days wrap up. I think it's important before we get started, before we talk about this episode and, and fundraising and where we're going to go, just to let viewers know where we're going to take the show as we start this season. We, For a while, we talked about what are we going to do? And we talked about, hey, we'll just build up a library of shows and roll those out to people with new intros in the fall. We talked about a show where Every Thursday, we're going to hop on and preview our top five favorite games. And then it really, as we kept talking, it dawned on to us about it would be selfish of us to take away from our families, to take away from our teams by doing a weekly podcast because we put a lot of work in each one of these episodes. We make a script. We do a lot of research. We watch a lot of film. We coordinate guests. There's a lot of editing that goes into it from the YouTube side and the highlight side. And it just felt selfish of us to take away from our teams doing all that every week. That being said, we're not going to be completely done. We feel like we found a happy medium of taking the season and breaking it down into four quarters. And so what our goal is in the fall is to hop on four times in the season to break down the high school season up to that point give a, an update of how our season is going from our team's perspectives and to talk about maybe some of the key matchups and key games we think about moving forward in the 614 area into that next quarter. We've also talked too that when we all hope we make the state championship and hopefully we do, hopefully Ryan does too. And at some point in time too, you could see us jump back into a regular weekly podcast throughout the rest of the high school playoffs. Who knows? Spectrum puts on the games. Maybe we watch a game together mm. on the TV with our equipment and we give a little watch it and give a take. But I just wanted to thank everybody so far that has joined into this show, who has given us support and given us love. I think we've grown a lot from this point in time, but we can't lose sight that our job is we're football coaches, not podcasters. We love this podcast thing. I think it's something we're going to continue to do. We have great plans moving into next year as well. But at the end of the day, Ryan's a head coach, has a son, right? Donovan has a second job, has a real job, a career job, and helps coach as well. Myself, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. I love when we get into that a real job. Yeah, he's got that real job. Yeah, people different people career. are saying that. I'm like, don't say that. Come on. Now. Different career outside yeah, education. Yeah, yeah. And then you get in the mix, too. It just it felt selfish of us to try to take away time away from those other roles and responsibilities. And so we're going to bring you four quarters of 614 headsets throughout the fall season. And just wanted to take that moment to let everybody know how this show is going to move forward into the fall. We're excited about that. And then we're going to have 
massive ideas and big ideas rolling through into the next year. We got started in May and we're talking about, we're going to pick up right in the winter when it's that height of you need football back in your life. Right. Uh, we're talking about some clinics and some other things we're going to put on. So I'm excited about that. Ryan, as we get started, man, let everybody know, how'd your first scrimmage go? It went great. I think my favorite thing is just watching your kids from the go against someone else. All summer, you're all camp. You now hit each other. Getting those little, it's getting chippy at practice, right? Guys are getting sick of each other. And then to go see our kids. And my favorite thing about our kids this week was like, we had some things where we messed up, but we never, our kids didn't get down on each other like years in the past, right? Like they picked each other up. Like we, had, we came out of there with a lot more positives than negatives. And I'll say also, hey, Hamilton Township's a lot better than they were last year for sure. They flew around. Those kids play hard. And that's a shout-out to Coach Barney. He took the offense over there, and they just looked so much more organized. They looked like they knew what they were doing. The kids were playing so hard. Hamilton was a great scrimmage for us. I'm, I just love real football, right? I was sick of basketball on grass. So I think we just had a blast for real. And we did two quarters. I don't know how yours was set up. So I loved what we did this year. We – we went right into two quarters. We didn't do no 10, 10, 10, 10. We said, all right, we went coaches up in the box, no coaches on the field, actual drive us in it, just a straight two quarters and with dead special teams. That's all that was like changed. And when quarterbacks were live, you're sacking quarterbacks. And so we got right into the fire and got into the mix, and I loved it. Yeah, I like that. I think the sooner you can make it real, the more you are making your players better and the more whoever's calling your plays, you're putting them in a situation to get back into the season and get it back to being real. And so and that was for even for me, I'm like, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're looking at the clock. I'm thinking about game management, the things, how we would call in a game. Um, I did. We did some things that we wouldn't do it traditionally in a game, but just trying new things, trying different things. And also what you said just there. I have a new OC this year, done an amazing job. But he's always been on the field for me as my quarterback coach and signal caller. And now he went in the box for the first time. And some communication things that we had to fix, I'm glad we cleared that up now. And we can re roll into the second scrimmage and work on those. And if we need to fix anything, we still have another week to fix that. Absolutely. Like I, I love the fact that when you're strategic about it, you can make your scrimmages set up to teach you a lot about your team, or your operation of how you're doing things even. And so you guys, talk to me about you guys. I know we had a good one over there at orange. We had a scrimmage against orange. Did I think the hardest part for us is managing expectations, managing expectations from you were a final four team to now starting over. And we're, we're constantly holding now our standard and our expectations at where we were last year versus understanding a little bit. It's a new year. It's a new team. No matter how good you are, you're still going to have those early mistakes out of kids. It's just they're high school kids. It's early football, learning from that. I think there's some things we did extremely well. Like I told our offensive side, our offensive staff, this is the first time in my life I've ever brought back an entire offensive staff together. And so seeing the benefit of how that's played out into year two in our offense showed how we had zero procedure penalties. We had four or five personnel groupings running off on and off the field at one point in time. Our spacing was great. All those types of things that we don't usually have in the past was great. We played well. There's some things we obviously thought we could have done better at. 
Our scrimmage was a little bit in between. Like we did a little bit of a series of 10 and then it was all down a distance from there as well. But I like it. It's funny you said that because I'm a big script guy and I've always scripted. If it's a set of 10, every those 10 plays are scripted. I didn't care what it was. And I threw a curveball to my staff and myself and I just said, here's some favorite plays and some things we might run. We're just going to go. Because even myself, I'm heading into year 12, and I've been helping or calling plays to myself for a long time now. I just felt like I wanted to put myself back in that situation of where are we at? Where's the ball at? Getting back into the scenario of football. I like down and distance so much better in, in scrimmages. I don't know. It's something about the 10 plays. It's like you could have – if you're on defense and the offense blasts three for a 70 yard touchdown and you feel a little defeated, like it's, Oh no, that's at the end of the series. It's not offense's turn to go back. You gather your things. Nope. You're back up for nine more plays. Or on the flip side, you get a pick six. The momentum's all hype. You've won that series, whatever. Oh, no, you got seven more plays. I don't know. The down and distance just so much more enticing to me. I get the 10 plays. I get why we do it, I think. But uh, down in distance, I like so much better. This was my first year doing the two quarters and two – you got the two quarters, and I don't think I'll ever go back. Like, if I have – if Arnie leaves or we don't want to scream or something happens, whatever, we've done it the past two years. And last year we did do the 10 plays, and we just talked this year, and we went straight into situational. And we got – one thing that stands out in my mind was we had a punt, right, and we shanked the punt, the horrible punt. And we're still on our side. They're driving in on our side. And right after that, like our, we had a timeout or there was an injury or something like that. And our kids came over and I just told them, I said, Hey, we can't practice this. This isn't practice, gentlemen. You can't practice this feeling. So you're in it right now. Go get us the ball back. Like you've got to find a way. Next play, we got an interception. And I was just so happy. You know what I mean? It went that way for us because it could have went downhill. But see how you respond. Yeah. Yeah. How many plays did each side of your ball get, roughly? How many um, did you think you left with? If you look at the clips of the film, we probably, it was like we had 110 plays total. So you might have 45 to 40 to 45 on each side because you had some special teams. So that's good. And there was no like team blowing each other out. He went back and forth the whole night. I like that. And that might be something we try because I'm with you guys. I think the more you can to make it real, the better it is. You're out there yelling like a real game, getting into it. Like it felt amazing to be jump right into it. I yelled a little bit. I yelled. I was, I I yelled at Donnie a little bit. I yelled at everybody a little bit. Some people definitely heard me on Saturday, but it was all good. What was your guys's, what was your, this was, and then we'll get into it, but what was your guys's number one positives that you took out of the uh, scrimmage? I think Stealth say the same thing, but just remembering where we were as a new offense last year at this point, and I don't not want to say how basic some things had to be, but just like how yeah, like there was a little more autonomy from the players of you didn't need to for me. I didn't need to talk through this is your zone combo. You do X Y Z. It was hey, you missed the linebacker. Tell me what you saw. You know what I'm saying? There's a little more autonomy being in year two of the system. And I I know Stout like that. I don't know if that's his thing, but I love that. Yeah, I would say I would say it's different from me. And the positive, I guess, would be just seeing how much is in now versus mm-hmm. what was in last year. So basically, like we were new last year, new as a staff, new with the players developing as we went there's things we didn't install or do until the midpoint or beyond thinking we would grow into that type of team 
and it's flipped now. And now we did all that preseason. So we're a drastically different offense now than what we were at the beginning of year last year. And it's just interesting to see all packaged together. And then not showing a lot of it anyways, too. So that's great. Ryan, let's get into this kind of final real big episode before we get into the fall football season. What are we going to do today? We couldn't forget about the offensive guys that score mm-hmm. points. I know we started with defense because it is true. If they don't score, they don't win. So defense is the most important side of the ball. Don't argue that stout. But I love defense. The, it's, my, it's the best side of the ball. But In fact, you can ask Murad Holiday anytime we scrimmage, anytime we seven on seven, I always vote for the defense to start and set the tone. I like that. Murad's going to set the tone. It, the defense flies around, though. But here's the thing. So today we're going to start and we're going to get into our all gas. It's an all gas episode right here. That's my favorite ones. We're going to get into the all gas Central Ohio offensive guys. First, I want to start by saying, again, just reiterate it, right? There's a ton of you kids mm. around the Central Ohio area. Every Like today, like I was in charge of quarterbacks, right? However many teams there are around Central Ohio, there's that many quarterbacks. Um, and the same with the running backs. And some teams run two two running backs. You know what I mean? They got a two-headed monster there. So don't get offended. Don't feel like we didn't put you out there. I think every Central Ohio kid is doing a phenomenal job. I think they're all we're all working right now. We're all into the thick of things, like Stout said earlier. We don't want kids to start feeling like we left them out. But these are the ones we watched film on. These are the ones that we got suggested. I got so many messages. I don't know about you guys, but once I put that out there, about the offensive one, or telling me, tell me who the good quarterbacks and running backs are. I looked at my phone after 15 minutes, and I think I had 16 messages at that point. Like after 15 minutes, just like people messaging me, kids messaging me, sending me huddle highlights, and I, I loved watching all of it because it's it was a little different for me because I love watching defensive stuff, right? Like I'm always watching defensive stuff, and then to see these kids around Central Ohio that I haven't really sat down to watch, some of these guys are special. There's a lot of talent. That, that's what's that's what's really interesting. That's why I loved uh, from the defensive perspective as well. It's hard. It is hard. There's just so many. There's so many teams on here. Hey, this was the hardest episode. There was, was hard. As we get started, though, hey, we can't forget about sponsor of our show, Fundraising University Ohio. They offer a variety of fundraising efforts that helps football teams run profitable, effective, and fast-paced fundraisers designed to raise the most money in the shortest amount of time to reach their fundraising goals. Fundraising University of Ohio is locally owned, operated, and with their six-step blitz system will help your team maximize profits. As their current coach himself, Brent Maxwell of the Fundraising University will sit down and help you pick, plan, strategize, and execute your fundraiser that will allow you as a coach to focus on your practice time, your prep time, player time, and personal time. Fundraising University of Ohio offers 60-minute donation platforms. You'll have your money in eight days. Digital and hard discount cards. They'll put in all the work for you and their popcorn sale as well. If you're interested in us running a fundraiser for you, contact Brent Maxwell at bmaxwell at fundraisingletterU.net or 740-501-8946. If it is too late for your team to do it this year, think about it for next year. He does great things. Absolutely. So you might think, hey, we were here this year. You might ponder how can we do things better. Give Brent and Fundraising University of Ohio a chance, and I promise you 
He's going to make your life easier. He's going to bring you more money in a shorter amount of time than you ever thought possible, which you're going to pour back in your program and do great things with. Donovan. Check the flavors of Northland High School's jerseys this year. That's all. It should have mm -hmm. Maxwell on the back of all of them on the nameplate. Mm -hmm. Let's roll, baby. Let's get it going. All right. It's always got to start off with the big boys. And just like defensive line, we talked about a few weeks ago, man. Columbus, I don't know if it's always been like this, but the past few years, just D-line and O-line and plenty of other positions too, but D-line and O-line has been stacked in the 614. And I got five O-linemen and two tight ends I'm going to go through. First offensive lineman is my guy, Jake Grimm from Gahanalik in high school, committed to Toledo despite my efforts to get him to the Red Hawks. Chose Toledo, but I got a word or a phrase for each one of these guys, and the word for him is finisher. Copy. Yeah, I, I, so I, I it was such a good idea. I had to take it. The All word right. for Jake is finisher. He's a kid that you Stout said it plenty of times before in practice or others. He is a kid that it's a rare, not ability, but a rare mentality to have that finish finishing ability to put guys into the dirt. That mean streak. Right, that mean streak that he has, you don't see a lot in high school football. And he's a kid that I'm, I think he'll play more interior in college, right? But his technique is there, and he's got that mean streak at the end. Love him to death, and he's a really good offensive lineman in the city. I'll keep going through these. Next one was Justin Terry from Pick Central, committed to West Virginia. The word for him was high ceiling, right? He's already a top offensive lineman in the city of Columbus, but He's huge. He's got long arms. He moves well. He's strong. He's got a bit of an attitude to him. And you see it all in that film. I don't know what Pick Central's put in the water over there, but they're putting out a lot of good offensive tackle prospects all the time. And he is a guy that in his next stage of his career in college has so much potential at West Virginia, getting him in that weight room, getting him on the meal prep and everything they're going to do there at a high caliber Division One school. So his word is his phrase is high ceiling. Next one I got was Gavin Debo. I think that's how you pronounce the last name from Grove City. Committed to Western Michigan, another Mac guy. His word is technician. He is like the in the movies. You got the sniper, right? You're pinned down by another sniper. You send in yours who's got every little gear pack, right? And he just sets up on the ridge and he blows the other dude away. He is such a technician when it comes to his hands. His sets are advanced for a high school kid, even a good, like a lot of times division one high school offensive linemen that are just big, strong, athletic, mean, right? He is a little bit of all of those, but he's so good at his technique, his footwork, his hands, and he's got that mentality to finish at the end as a bit of a mauler. Fourth one was Rex Lar. I think is how you pronounce his name for Pick North, committed to Liberty University. He's a wrecking ball. He is, of all these kids that I watched, he is the only one that – as the play progresses, his highlight or his tape or his play itself gets better. Like he'll engage with the guy, he'll shock him at the line of scrimmage. And then as the play gets better, and not like just by putting him there, right? obviously pancake is the end goal, but like you see the violence just tick, 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 tick up as the play goes along. You see his hands start working back inside. You see his feet start running faster. You did even the alignment start to panic even more three, four, five, six seconds into the play. And that was the one guy out of all those. Like he got better as it was just a domino effect. Uh, and then the last one was Jaden Ball, a little outside of Columbus, but Stout put me on to this kid from Bloom Carroll, committed it to Purdue. His word is just violent. 
you watch his film and you watch his high, if you watch his highlight tape specifically, the first seven or eight plays are all counter pulls, just him destroying the defensive end that he's pulling to. No hesitation, no nothing. So he's a kid that I think Purdue really got, maybe not necessarily an under the radar kid, but one that can develop into a really big time player for them. It's crazy. It's such a good list. It's, you know, as I'm looking five at division it, one kids right there. And you, hey, and I was you about put to it say, on there. Could you imagine what some of these running backs would do with that O line? Oh my god, I, it's so good. They're, they're like the real interesting thing for us too, from our perspective, is we saw all of those kids, but Jaden at Bloom Carroll, right? So yeah, I either we coach them, play against them. Or even in my perspective, I got to coach Rex too. Rex yeah. is the only offensive lineman to start for me as a freshman. So in 12 years of coaching, yeah. he's the only freshman that's ever started for me. And it was just because the technique and the desire to finish. Like his yes. effort is bar none some of the best I've ever seen. And then when you talk about the finishing side of things, I've only really only had two linemen ever finish with that nasty and Jake Grimm who's obviously going to Toledo and uh, Gunnar Vogel. And I was at Westville South. He went to Northwestern and was an all-state kid his senior year as well. And just the same, that mean controlled, not even controlled, like two, <laughs> sometimes you had to pull off the field for a little bit to calm them down. So that's a really good list, Tony. Yeah. There's this city is stacked with guys in the trenches. I got two tight ends. I got that group as well. And this was tougher, I think, than a line. There, but there were two guys that the more I thought about it, I knew all, all from the beginning that I was going to pick them. First one who's new to the 614 is Tavion Galloway. Came from Chillicothe to pick Central. The number four tight end in the entire country, number one in the state of Ohio. I think he's a four-star recruit. Was committed to LSU at one point, but his word is athlete. There was a specific play when I watched some of his tape where he scored touchdowns, he was moving fast. It was a play where he was on defense. And, like, you just see someone had a pick, and it was going to be a pick six, and he turned on the Jets, and he just chased him down. He is an athlete that pick central is definitely going to utilize in that tight end spot all across the field. And it's he's a big kid, too. He's A lot of times tight ends that are really skinny, or sometimes they're, they're super tall, but they're still built well, but they don't move that well. He moves really smoothly throughout the field. And then the other kid is also from Pickering, A.J. Miller, committed to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. His word was smooth. Right, he was silky smooth. He just finds ways to get in the creases in the middle of the field, make plays, miss, make a defender miss on the first tackle, stretch the field for that offense. I don't think he played defense last year. I think he was only on offense, but he's also a kid. You even look at tight end group in Columbus. There's a lot of college caliber tight ends going through the city or right outside of the outer belt even this year, which I don't think we see a whole lot year after year. But these two guys is another – Kid from Olentangy, there's someone else I'm missing too, but that's you don't see that a lot in Columbus, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I agree. I think it's a more stacked tight end class as you look at things. You have, like I said, the kid from Olentangy, I think he's committed to Cincinnati. Yeah, I know there's one more, but all of them fit that modern tight end. No, they're yes. not your typical. They're just there to block. In fact, they're a little they bit that, more of a gonna, passing threat. I was yes. going to say all both of those dudes, those two dudes they named. The thing that I sell, I've seen from them watching film and things like that. I see a lot on Twitter with those guys. It's just sure hands. They, you know, yes, they're going to yeah, catch the passing threat of what they're, they're they going to come down with it. And 
this is what else I'll say is they use their body very well against defenders. They yes. know how to leverage themselves to catch that ball and to take a little bump in the back and stuff. And some of the catches that I saw on AJ's highlight tape and I've saw on Tavion's is just them straight pass interference, but they're so big that it doesn't, they don't call it. Like the ref won't throw the flag because they caught it. I don't them. see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just so big, but it's like an yes. oblivious one. Yeah. But those two dudes are savage. I'm glad I don't play against I don't play against any of that list. I'm glad we get to play <laughs> all of that list. <laughs> and that's why the standard's so high when we talk to kids. You know what I mean? Because we're going through this list and it's, all right, week five, week whatever, week <laughs> 10. And they're trying to explain that to kids. So, Ryan, QBs and running backs, what do you got? All right, the QB side of things was was actually a little easier than what I like thought. I knew one guy off the top. The first guy that I'm going to talk about, though, I'm going to be real. I had no clue who he was. I didn't even know who he was in the beginning. I don't know why, but he is a savage. But my other two, though, were definites for me, just from me knowing them on Twitter, seeing their like film and stuff. But my first one, and I'm going to destroy this name, I think, but Ethan Grunkenmeyer. Or Grunkenmeyer. You got it. There you go. Okay. Hey, I never saw this kid before. I've never heard of his name, never nothing. And someone sent me it and was like, he's committed to Penn State. And I'm like, all right, let me check this. I watched this dude's film, and this dude is just a straight dog. Okay. He, he's listed right now as number eight in, the, in Ohio as, our, as quarterback. He flies around. So one thing I read about him, on like an article was that he was at the lead 11 competition in California. And he actually, he was the, let me see right here. He finished, oh, he was right third. He finished third behind right or Dylan Riola, Julian Sayan. Yes. I saw that. We all know those names. And, and when you watch his huddle film and it's 11 minutes long, I'm going to tell you right now, I was like, I'm going to turn this off. I didn't turn it off. I made it through all 11 minutes of that film because I was so interested in this kid's game. And he got out of situations that you don't see a lot of quarterbacks get out of. And then his arm strength is just unbelievable on the run, too. He makes some throws that you don't see quarterbacks make all the time with just how strong his hips are and his twist is in his trunk. I'm going to say this, like, I am excited to watch this kid in college and throughout this year, actually. I'm, I want to keep up with him and just watch his stats because or his highlights because – I had a blast watching them. I'm just glad he's not going to be. I'm glad he's going to Penn State, but I wish he was going to OSU. It's interesting. They just got a pretty good commitment. Too. But what's interesting is like he he's had a massive summer. Like when you say, I didn't know who he wasn't on my radar. That pretty much describes, I think, for a lot of people, how they describe Ethan. Last year, Olin Tangy, new coach. I think they got off to a rough start. I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. But if I remember right, like, not the start everybody thought was going to happen with the new head coach that came over from Bloom Carroll. And then I think really picked up and started to do better as the year went on. And the Ethan kid didn't have a ton of offers, and he starts going to these camps. He starts having a great summer. And then the Elite 11, bang, Penn State commit. It was just out of nowhere in such a short amount of time. So I think what your perspective of not knowing him was, I think that's a perspective for a lot of people. No, I, and then the next guy, obviously we all know, old Brennan Warden, right? He was already on here. That dude is obviously just a field general altogether. 
even at his young age, last year was a sophomore, right? Yeah. Um, and, and watching his film from last year, because obviously it's all film from last year. These guys are a year older, and that's why I also see these guys being way better this year, just because of the work that they put in. Brennan's been to the Elite 11 stuff, and, and I thought he won the Accuracy Challenge, right, or something yeah, he, like that. Yeah, he did. He won one of the Accuracy Awards. And so that, for me right there, that's just the top of the top. That's the cream of the crop right there, and he's winning Accuracy Awards. And he has tough competition in Ohio for real. And in Central Ohio, he does have a lot, but also like just around the area, right? Looking at the guys, Ryan Montgomery from Finley. Then you got Tavian St. Clair from Bell Fountain. You got Rocco Williams at Pick Central. He does a great job. He throws a good ball. There's just guys everywhere. And then my next guy that I'm going to talk about in a second, but I don't want to bring his name up yet. But it, he just has great stuff in Central Ohio. But then you look on the outskirts of Central Ohio, and it's even tougher for them. So I think that Brennan Ward is going to be a, just going to be a, a guy that's going to dominate all of Ohio, all of Central Ohio, all year, just throwing the ball around. I think he, for me, his balls that he threw, even in our seven on seven, some of those, our guy can't even touch it, and they're just like looking back at me like, coach, like I'm like, we ain't going to see this all year, boys. And there ain't no other quarterback like this in the city. And it's funny to watch that stuff because, like you guys said, you're seeing this every week, right? Like you're at the OC, you're at Division One, like you're seeing that stuff every week. And for us, when we get to go see somebody like Brennan Ward, I think that opens up our our DB's eyes to see, oh, there's a lot of guys that can sling this ball way better than what we've already seen. Yeah, I mean, he made two throws Saturday that were already – he made a couple last year, but to watch him make the two throws he did yesterday, there was two of them. And then even our defensive coordinator was like, that's the best ball I've ever seen him throw. Yeah. Like he, he just, it, it, it's clicking. The development's clicking in. The weight room's kicking in. The and he works hard too, though. In. That's the thing. Like he, he's a hard worker. And yeah. that's where I've picked up from you guys. Unbelievable. It, I love it. I have become so spoiled to the point, I don't know if I'll ever be able to go back. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like here I have a kid that I just, get along with so well as a play caller and just the night before the scrimmage or night, the two nights before the scrimmage came over, sat down in the basement, screencast the iPad, drawing on it up on the TV. We're going through the film and going through stuff together. That's something we did last year. And it's something we're going to continue to do this year, just constantly every week going through the film and seeing what he likes and letting him put his perspective into the script and things. And then telling him, this is what I like. When I call, this is what I'm thinking. And getting on the same page together, I'm spoiled. I don't know if I will go back or how I will. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you get a kid like that's just – I felt the same way when I had Jack at Big North, though. I felt right. the same exact way. Um, you know, you're going to find – but you'll never get another Brennan Ward. That, that's for sure. I think – I firmly believe, and I said this the other day, is that I think he's a top-five quarterback in the nation. And I'm just going to say that. I, mean, I don't know. You know there's going to be a people that don't agree with me on that I think he's very well could be by the end of this season one of the top five quarterbacks in the nation. And I want to, I firmly believe he's going to have a ton of offers after the season. He just has the weapons out there. You guys got running backs, cool receivers, and it really just comes down to old stout. Let's see mm-hmm. what I'll do there. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You better talk to this guy on the screen next to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this way. That one. Heard you, you were yelling at him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> My next guy, though, I did an honorable mention for both my running backs and quarterbacks. I don't care what Stout says. He was like, nah, because I wanted four of each. But he was like, nah, no chance. And so <laughs> Four is ridiculous. I gave him – I said pick two and have an honorable mention. Four was too much. 
And I was going to have an honorable mention with four, so I would have five. But here's the thing. So this dude, man, he I don't see a lot of offers. You don't see a lot of offers. But he is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch is Matthew Pappas or Pappas, whatever, from Grove City. Pappas. You yeah. go back and you watch his film from last year. That dude, I love the plays that he makes. He throws some balls, and he's not that big. You can see him even on film. Like, he's not that big. But he makes some plays that you're like, oh, my God. Goodness, this dude fly, throws the ball in spots you wouldn't even believe in. You wouldn't even think his arm is that strong. He's a gunslinger, dude. dude. Zero fear. You would, and he stands in the pot. Like, yeah. He took some hits, boy, and like got right back up. So here's the thing: I think he's by fairy. I love the offense that he's in. The Grove City up tempo, fly around. You know what I mean? Not that many plays. Just get on the ball and let's run the plays. I think I love him so much just watching this film because my favorite football player of all time in college is Johnny football. So yeah. we're about to call him Matty football for the rest of the time. If we ever have to bring him back up because it's good comparison, I'm telling you right now, he makes some things shake out there for Grove city and look, dude, Grove city hasn't been that good in the past. And then now you got this kid at the helm and a new coach and, and they're doing a phenomenal high, job high powered offense. They're fast. Yes. Um, so here we'll get to the running back side of things. And this was the toughest thing I had to choose, by far the toughest thing I had to choose. And there's just running backs everywhere in central Ohio. I watched probably eight to ten films on kids to see who I want to see. And I got so many emails about running backs. And I love the kids supporting their boys, but some of you guys got to realize your boy ain't the best, really, though. Some of these films <laughs> must not be. It's a tough list. We got a Mr. Football finalist, and he didn't make the list. So it, right. you know, Sayers' list is tough to make. Yeah, he's going to get a mention. You already know. I'm, I'm going to explain this myself at the end there. The, relax. Dior, I love your film. You're one of the toughest kids I've ever watched play football. Zavo, he mentioned him first already. But my first guy I'm going to pick is – a dude that I was uh, – these guys that I'm naming first are ones that I had no clue who they were. I found that I found them on Twitter that day and, like, was like, oh, shoot, this dude's an animal. Nasir Phillips mm-hmm. from Westerville South. He's, what, first team all state. He's been OC offense player of the year last year, right? Mm-hmm. And, man, he runs the rock hard. That's the thing. He's not getting tackled by one guy, and he gets downhill immediately. And that's one thing that I found out that I loved about him. And, and you could tell that he's going to be way faster and way stronger. And I love that he's one of those shorter guys. It looks like he's just a stocky kid. I don't know how you see him a lot more, but he looks like he's just got a great center of gravity. Hungry. He's hungry. You know what yeah. I mean? A kid coming off all that success, you never know how it's going to go. And he, he seems still very hungry for more. And he just runs the rock with some toughness and the one thing about him is he might not have that speed that's going to give you that second gear to get all the way to the end zone right but man he is running the ball hard and that defense is feeling it so you're he's just wearing them down play after play because when you have to go tackle a guy like that 20 times 25 times in a game you're going to feel him He, he looks tough i don't know he's probably in the weight room a lot this year and i think he'll be way faster way stronger my next guy is Nate Sievers. I love that he's committed to Air Force. Huge shout out to him. I love anybody that committed to an academy. I don't know about you guys, but that's one of my favorite things is kids committed to academies. It's good I, had, I had an Air Force offer, and when I told the coach I wasn't going there, he was very upset that I was choosing Miami. He was insulted almost. 
Yes. I would choose a non-academy school. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I get it. The standard is very high there. Hey, yes. one of the best recruiting pitches I ever heard was a dude from Naval Academy. I sat in listening to him talk to this player about the Naval Academy, talking about the process of when you get done and his sales pitch of, he's like, what if I could guarantee you that when you graduate, you'll be guaranteed to have a six figure job right when you're done. I'm like, I'll go back. He had the craziest. He's like, your education will be paid for. You'll play great football. You'll have a resume. that will get you in any door you want to. And he said, I can guarantee you you'll have a six figure job when you're done. I'm like, this is the best recruiting pitch I've ever heard. That was the first place that I've ever – that was the first place I was going to go to 100%. Like, me and my senior year wanted to go there. Didn't get a high enough ACT to even get into the NAPS program. So, this standard Shocker. is very high there. But you got into Penn State, dude. Bro. Hey, you're, I know your ACT wasn't high. <laughs> Didn't have to be. I was going to have athletes to overcome it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, not at the academy. You better have them grades, boy. But Nate Sievers, dude, being committed to Air Force, that's huge for him. Being from Big Walnut also. And this kid could very easily get overlooked, and that's one thing that I love that he hasn't because he has those, he has dogs over there. We had his boy on here last week on the defensive side of things. And for us, I feel like you look at that, there's times he could get overlooked. But I watched this film, and that dude got speed too. He looks big. He looks tough. He looks a specimen. In fact, as we talk about best games, if I were a a fan of high school football, I would be circling Westville South versus Big Walnut. That is a game. If you're interested in wanting to see a game with a lot on the line, with some really good talent, that will be a bloodbath to the very end. Yeah. That's a game I would circle and go to. I think that's those are two tough teams with tough players all across the board. Um, and I just – I loved watching Nate Seaver's stuff. I thought he was a – and I've watched it before, but when I was able to sit down and actually focus on it and look at some little things that he does really well, he hits that hole and he follows his blocks. He makes sure he's running the right play. He just looks like he's where he's supposed to be every time, and he makes guys miss, even with that big body. He looks huge, but he's deceivingly fast. I was watching his film, and I'm like, oh, he's going to get caught. He ain't got caught one time. So I was like, wow, he's deceivingly fast. Um, my honorable mention guy got to go to my guy, right, Amir. He just got offered by ODU. I have to give him love just based off of, like, his injuries in the past and stuff. He had a high angle sprain last year. He played six games at 1,200 yards for us, 12 touchdowns. That's averaging two touchdowns, 200 yards a game for us. And he's been my first four-year starter on both sides of the ball. He's I've never had a guy that – I started all four years on both sides of the ball. Um, he came in as a freshman, has dominated his senior year. He's ha he had some amazing runs on Friday night. He had a touchdown run that was about 30, 40 yards that he split two guys that ran into each other, collapsed. He cut back on the safety, cut back on the other corner, he was taking pursuit angle, ran it right in for another 20 yards. It was just one of the best runs I've seen out of a high school kid just in live action. He ain't have a lot of blocking, so he goes and makes plays on his own. He took a screen for about another 15 yards that he didn't have one person block for him. I think my offensive line ran the run play and just didn't even go to the second level or anything. But he's a great kid, too, super quiet. He's just done a phenomenal job for me, and I'm just excited for him this year because he's put that work in, right? And I get to see it firsthand. That's where I'm excited.
It's funny you say that. There was years ago, I was first starting coaching, and I went to a clinic, and this guy from, other Val, I think it was Valdosta, or it was Cal PA, one of those two schools, he was talking about screens. And he said he finally got to the point with linemen. He said, I don't even pull them anymore. He goes, if you think about it, he goes, they always get out there. They don't block somebody. They just get ran around. They get hung up. He goes, our entire screen game now, we don't even pull them. He goes, I was tired of watching it. Like, it was just the funniest perspective. And still to this day, probably 10 years later, I still sit, remember sitting in that room hearing him talk about that perspective of why he doesn't do it. And every time one of our linemen doesn't get out or doesn't block somebody, that's all I think about. You're ready to say the same thing. Yeah. No, exactly. And Lemire's going to have a lot more offers this year. I think that the injury bug killed him last year. If he would have had more games, he would have got a few of the smaller D1 offers. I have an honorable mention. It's not even an honorable mention. He can be on this list. I'm sorry, Dior. Don't throw him in late. Don't give him your pub. Don't give him your pity pub. Here's the thing. I chose Brennan. I wasn't going to throw two of the, of the GLs on there. I got to spread the love. But Dior, you are a straight savage as well. I think your films – I think you're one of the top running backs in the nation. He's pretty good. He's yeah. a savage. Hey, he's a savage, too. I can do a lot. Who's the other kid you tagged me into? He's a dog. Antoine Simmons or something like that. I don't remember. I tagged the Phillips Antoine kid. Simmons? I tagged the Seavers. Is that a kid on your team? Antoine. Amir. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amir, Amir Simmons, Simmons or something? Yeah. He's a dog, too. Yeah, they're a little thunder-lightning combo. It's pretty interesting to coach it. So that's Maybe a- if- Maybe it's the O-line coach to get those guys a block. No kidding. Come on. Yeah. That's yeah. tough, though. I will say it. To try to – I get to have four wide receivers. Dominic gets to have five linemen to try to squeeze the talent you had to pick into two quarterbacks and two running backs. That is very, as a very hard task. We had a hard task. You did a great job, Ryan. I'm proud. I watched a lot. Of, I watched that a was lot. Tough. That'd be tough with two picks. <laughs> I agree. Last but not least, I have the wide receivers and I kept with my original OG plan of keeping a tag or a phrase word for each one. And you I started approached. That? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, I brought this a little bit differently. And I looked at with four wide receivers, I was going to make an all gas team with two guys I would put outside and two guys I would put inside at your slots. And so first up, I'll go ahead and start with who I said I would put at the slot receiver spot. And first is Preston Bowman, right? Pick North High School junior described him as the coach's dream. And I say he's a coach's dream just from the his work ethic, and how he could play every single receiver spot. He could play all four of them if you were a spread 10 personnel team. He is a good blocker. He's good in the RPO game. He's a technician. He has the speed. He has all this experience from starting ever since his freshman year. Going to be a monster this year and next year. In fact, I know he scored a big touchdown against St. Ed's in the scrimmage. I saw that on social media as well. So I've had to put him on that list, absolutely. My second player I put on the inside, Sam Williams Dixon, another Pickerton North High School, right? Came from West Holmes. I know he's labeled as a running back primarily, but I have to wonder if that's where Ohio State is going to play him as his primary position next fall. He reminds me so much of a Curtis Samuel type, right? I really think you have to think that's what they envision. I could be wrong. I think he's going to be a massive weapon for them in the future. And so I thought about putting him as an inside receiver for this all-gas team, using him as the Buckeyes did with Curtis Samuel, motioning him back in the backfield, doing different things with him. And I called him the Ferrari because when this kid has the ball, 
it's lights out, man. And I'm hoping week 10 next year we find a way to just bottle this kid up in the box <laughs> somehow because in the open field, you just can't let him get going. All right. Outside receivers, I will start with Jackson Wiley from Olentangy. I called him the rising stock. Another kid that I didn't know anything about last year. And now you add in the fact that who his quarterback is, and you know he's going to be able to put the ball on him. He's six foot 165. I loved his film. He played at the outside a lot last year. He can take the top off, which is really awesome to watch. But he's really good at breaking off in those curls and breaking off in the comebacks. He has big range around him. And what I mean is big catchability. If you put the ball somewhere around him, he can catch it, which is great for those outside receivers. And I think he, I think that tandem of Grunkenmeyer and, and him together, I think both of them are going to keep going together this season. So I, that's why I put him on there. And then lastly, I had to go to one of our guys, Jalen Scott. I call him the smooth criminal. He's coming off a monster summer. He's not the fastest kid on the field. He's not the tallest kid on the field. He doesn't have all the stars or things like that, but something has clicked in him this summer to turn into a true number one wide receiver. And he has been lights out so far. I mean, we've gone through seven on sevens where he's leaving with four or five, six touchdowns in that. And he just had another big one Saturday. He's doing things he has never done yet for us, which is awesome to see. We always knew the potential would be there, but just turning into more of a consistent player. He's got a lot of versatility, too. He could slide inside as well. I did I did have an honorable mention myself. Is it Tazon, Coach? Tazon Burns? Yeah. Tazon Burns from East High School. Primarily running back again. And then there's sometimes he's at Wildcat. There's sometimes he's at wide receiver. I don't know if the stats are right, but the only stats I could find was the kid had 16 receptions for 450 <laughs> yards, right? Nine touchdowns. Could you imagine seeing what he could do as a slot receiver? Sounds uh, like him. Something absolutely bonkers, like over 30 yards per like yeah. attempt or catch. It was crazy. Getting against him last year, man, like you just put him wherever you want. I know what they're going to do this year. I had a little scout at their uh their little scrimmage the other day yeah I, I guess there ain't no they might it might be shorter quarterback maybe an injury or something but Tejon burns took a lot of quarterback reps wildcat kind of thing getting to making sure your playmaker has the ball so i yeah. hope Mike Bell knows i'm coming for that i know what i'm gonna do but plus one get plus one in the box i'm gonna tell you right now though Tejon is he's just a dog like last year when we were playing against them right we were up that six did nothing right or we were up eight six no we were up eight six going into halftime and right before half they started just running it had him at like quarterback man he got it all the way down to the five and we tackled him though he took us on a drive like like six yards eight yards nine yards like he was just pushing the ball i'm like get me out of this half please before yeah. he gets in this end zone we stopped him he didn't get in the end zone they come out of half and what do they go right back to they go down and score. We ended up losing to them, and he played the full game, got every snap, every single play. He was getting every kick return, every punt return. He is just a weapon. Yeah, he's good. I, that's why I had it. So I saw, like, the majority of his reps are at that Wildcat or at running back. I'm like, let's see how many receptions he has. And I'm like, 16 receptions for almost 500 yards and nine hmm. touchdowns. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm like, I had to put it on there as an honorable mention just because I know the athlete he is and the capability he could have in that spot. Hey, I just want to appreciate everybody. As 
for hey, this went longer. This goes to show you like the talent this year on the offensive side of the ball in Central Ohio is crazy. And a lot of them play defense too. So it's just crazy to think this episode went about 20 minutes long. We had, but it was hard. So thank you everybody for following us so far. Thank you for joining in. Just share this episode out. Like last time, we had so many retweets, so many comments, so much love spread around this episode. And we just encourage you to please do that. Follow us, rate, subscribe, do all those things. This wasn't a one season thing for us. And season one's not over because what we're going to do the four quarters in the fall season two for us won't start until i think december january when we look like okay season's over playoffs are over build off into the next off season so just continue to help us grow this thing we've had a blast the comments have been great and follow us on twitter donnie mac 98 what are you, you coach sayers 50 coach south glhs don't act like you ain't know it's a big dog yeah. Dude, I don't, know, I don't know if it's shifty, whatever, all gas, no break. I don't know. Every time it changes. <laughs> Follow us. Give us some love. Thank you, Fundraising University, for believing in us and helping us and being a sponsor of our show. That, that Being able to give us the equipment and the ability to do some awesome things and, and do more in the next season, too, with the ideas we have. And uh, everybody just enjoy this best moment of life as here we are staring down the barrel of all football coming back. What a beautiful time. Ryan, have a great second scrimmage, buddy. I'm excited to get there. You guys too. Who you guys got? Go North. North. Ooh, okay. There we go. Now, you guys have a great scrimmage too. I do appreciate everybody also logging on here every time. We got great supporters and huge shout out to Stout's mom because every time I go to bite my fingernail – in the hmm. episode, you'll see I take it down because she told me I gotta stop biting my fingernails. Hey, Mama Stout, Mama Stout is drills, huh? Mama Stout should be the executive producer. Yeah. Like she sends wow. me texts about Donnie, you, me. And she puts so us serious. on the well, Why does she need to, she's watching film on us on here? You need to get yeah, her. She is. She, she, sends, she sends me some notes. Absolutely. She loves it. Love that. But hey, no, nah, it's been great. I'm hey, good luck to you guys too. Have a great week. I'm gonna talk to you guys. You already know. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. One love, everybody. <laughs>